0: Hey everyone, welcome to Minimally Millennial. I'm Shelby.
1: And I'm JP. This is a podcast for young millennials who are navigating their way through adulthood for the first time. If you're like us and have days where you ask yourself, how did I get here? And what am I supposed to do next? Then you're in the right place.
0: So follow us along as we uncover the things they didn't teach us in school, including everything from how to write a check to how to be a boss babe. Together, we will unlock the secrets of adulting and try to answer the question, why did nobody tell me this shit? Let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Minimally Millennial. We are at episode seven. Today, we are going to be talking about millennial stereotypes, which is suggested by one of our listeners. JP, you want to give our shout out?
1: Yes. Shout out to Amber. She goes to the gym with me and she heard that uh, we're doing a podcast and she actually was like, you know, I want to tune in, but I don't know if I relate to millennials as much. And she's, she is an older millennial as she described herself. And she was like, y'all should do an episode on millennial stereotypes and breaking those down. And I'm like, I love it. Let's do it. And uh, she's never actually listened to a podcast before. So we're excited to have her join the podcast world with us. I've had a couple of people you.
0: tell me that we're their first podcast, which is super exciting. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> but to start off, before we get into today's episode, we wanted to thank you guys. You know, I know we've thanked you guys on our Instagram, but we really want to thank you guys because of your numbers have been incredible so far. We follow up with our stats every week, you know, to keep us updated, to keep us informed on who's listening, where we're listening at. And right now we are just under 700 downloads um, for our first few episodes. So we are really, excited about that. Uh, Keep downloading us. You know, if you listen, we always want more listeners. That's incredible. Um, But what really gets our stats up is downloads. So if you guys wouldn't mind downloading our episode when you listen to it, it really helps support us and the stats that we listen to. JP, did you want to shout out a few of our top cities that are listening to our episodes?
1: Yes. So we have got last week, our highest city listener was Charlotte, North Carolina. So, Charlotte, congrats because you beat out Greenville, North Carolina, which had been um, uh, in the running for the last few weeks. Next up, we've got Atlanta. So Atlanta's coming up Woo! Mm-hmm. and Wilmington follows it up with number four. And then our next highest city is Nashville, Tennessee.
0: And I also want to shout out that we have our first international listeners as well. So we have our first international. We have quite a few. Our top one is Canada. So shout out to Katie. Um, We also have listeners now in Japan, China, New Zealand, Vietnam, Brazil, Singapore, Austria, and Indonesia. So if, oh, and the United Kingdom, Philippines, and Taiwan. So that's super exciting. That's much more than I had looked last time. So we're really excited to be outside of the United States as well. And for all of our listeners locally and abroad. So thanks for tuning in guys. We are really excited to keep growing and glad you guys are following us along. So keep doing it.
1: And not only when you shout us out um, or excuse me, not only when we see these stats, but I really, really appreciate when y'all share uh, that you have been listening and tuning in. If you know us personally been a lot of hard work just to put this out there. And so to know that y'all care and appreciate the topics we have when you send us those little sweet messages every day or stop us in, in public to let us know that you've been tuning in. It, it means more than you realize. So thank you so
0: much. Cause we, uh, hopefully you guys can tell, but we love this podcast. We love what we do. Um, and we want you guys to love it too. So Um, Feel free to DM us, share anything with us um, on Instagram. That's the best way to reach us, um, and we'll shout you out. So that being said, let's jump right into today's episode. JP, do you want to start with our millennial moment of the week?
1: Yes. So our millennial moment of the week goes out to, again, my friend, Joanne. I call her Jo. Uh, We shouted shouted her out a couple weeks ago, but she shared with me a millennial moment She was treating a patient. um, She works with peds and they did not even know what a we was. A we? A wee. Wee. What are the kids playing with these days? I like was obsessed with the wee. (laughs) I bet they don't even know what GarageBand is either.
0: Listen, me and GarageBand had a lot of intimate moments during my childhood where I literally wanted to be Beyonce. I remember on last week's episode, we were talking about karaoke. All my karaoke was practiced on GarageBand. So
1: but my fingers are
0: always too small to work the buttons very well in garage band.
1: <laughs> I loved it. I was like want to be the singer of the good, the guitarist." So that garage band and we hopefully everybody that li- listens to us knows and has played those. If you haven't you At least
0: we bowling. Like come on.
1: Yeah, we bowling. My grandparents
0: know how to play we bowling.
1: <laughs> so thanks Joe for your uh, millennial moment of the week. Please share this or share with us if y'all have any other millennial moments of the week and we'll give you a shout out.
0: So what we're going to be talking about today, like I mentioned earlier, is millennial stereotypes. So we are going to be going through a BuzzFeed article quiz and going through each stereotype that millennials get tagged in and go through the stats and go through our opinions on each of them.
1: And BuzzFeed, we know, might not be the most peer-reviewed article as we just did the (laughs) last episode, but what, what more,
0: uh, what's more millennial uh, than BuzzFeed,
1: exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Other than like maybe a Cosmo quiz magazine. So Shelby and I are going to go through each stereotype and see how each of us relate to it. First stereotype is millennials don't want to settle down slash get married.
0: I don't think this is an accurate stereotype, because I think a lot of us do want that. But at the same time, I don't think that there's like we talked about in our marriage episode. I don't think millennials feel the same pressure to rush into it or get married earlier. We're more comfortable getting married later in life. I don't think people don't want it necessarily. I think it's more societally acceptable not to be married. Like I say, go back and listen to our episode on marriage if you want to hear more of our opinion on that. But I don't think it's true that we don't want it. I think we're just okay with waiting later and not settling.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's a matter of we don't want it. I think we just take a little bit longer to decide what we want. With that, we had 74% people responded that they do want it, and 26% said not for me. So we busted that stereotype. 74% millennials do want marriage.
0: Reminds me of that busted, like mythbusters.
1: Yes, that's exactly what I was hoping you're gonna <laughs> Myth <going for>. busted. <laughs> Hopefully, all millennials know what the mythbusters are. Stereotype number two millennials can't afford to buy homes.
0: Well, JP, I know your response to this one, but see, I actually feel like, yes. And I don't know if it's because of where I live, like where I live, but I just feel like with college debt, typically making a little bit less, we're job hopping a little bit more that maybe again, the same thing we can't not afford it, but it's happening for us later in life, or it's not as much of a priority. Like for me, I don't think buying a house is somewhere in my future, but it's because I like living in a city. I like having the apartment and where I live, the housing market is insanely expensive and you have to move basically out into the country to have it. So I think it's really what you're looking for. I don't think we can't afford it, but I think it's less of a priority to some.
1: I think that, so you're saying you agree with this, that millennials can't afford to buy homes or they can just depend.
0: And just depends.
1: I think that well, with millennials taking up majority of the workforce at this point right now, it I, I agree, it depends. But I still, even though I am a homeowner and sure, I can afford it, I would say that I, I think I'm a minority. I live in a really, mm-hmm. really small town, get paid well for the area that I live in. But I, by no means would I call it like affordable, essentially, owning a home. It's definitely a lot of work, a lot more expensive than you realize once you after you sign those documents. So the with the responses we had from the test, they said that 76 percent agreed they cannot afford to buy homes. Twenty four percent said yes. And I think we see this because millennials do have the highest amount of financial debt due to student loans.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And it kind of pushes everything back because you have a higher priority to pay off student loans before other things. And I said, I think a lot more millennials are living in cities as well, for the most part. I know that we're different in that, but like I said, it's not really on my to-do list because one, it's insanely expensive where I live. If I wanted to live in the area, I wanted to live. So it's kind of like, well, I'll just stay right. in an apartment. I have no reason to need a home at this point.
1: Right. So that uh, myth is true or not myth, stereotype.
0: Myth confirmed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Next, number three. Millennials love their damn avocados.
0: Yes, 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 yes. True.
1: <laughs> literally, we have 12 on the counter downstairs. So uh.
0: Why? They, I don't understand why this is a stereotype. Like, did we just... Like, avocados existed before millennials. I don't understand why it's all of a sudden, like, a millennial thing.
1: The fat. They, they, they were like, oh, it's, it's the healthy fat that you can eat. And we can throw them on everything. And avocado toast was just the bomb everywhere. Yep. And you can watch, there's a Netflix series called The War. Oh, what's it called? Something creative, but it's basically talking about the war on avocados. Why?
0: What did they ever do to anybody?
1: Well, they're so highly, like there's such a high demand for them. Just like all the people who come up and try to take over these family farms of, of avocados. We don't see all that. We just go to the grocery store, pick out our avocados, but we don't see all the behind the scenes work that, that avocados have worked so hard to get to where they are. Shout out to the avocado. Yeah. All, all right. Nice. So True. We love our avocados. Love them. Number four, millennials find their dates online instead of in the real world.
0: Yes. You agree? I do agree. I agree because one, I feel like it's kind of just how people meet these days, which I have, we should do a whole episode on this because I'm single and still going through that dating process. It is just like hard to meet people in real life. It's so (laughs) hard. Like I know it happens, but I think that it's people are so on their phones all the time and they think that online dating is so accessible, And it takes less courage to like walk up to somebody in the bar. I have no problem doing that, but it's really hard to do. And I think people kind of hide behind their phones in that way and date online. And because we're busy, we're career oriented, it's a way to like fit it in. So I think it's kind of twofold, but I do think far more people date online than trying to meet in the wild.
1: And I I met my boyfriend online too. And one of our other best friends met her husband online. So you see a lot of this happening, a lot of marriages. I, I think like... 60% of the weddings I went to last last year were people who met online.
0: Yeah, my other best friend that's been married to her husband for a few years met online. A lot of people I know meet online, just from personal experience. No actual stats, but meet online.
1: So this said that they find their dates. 70% find their dates in real life. 30% said they find their dates online. But. Reminder that this BuzzFeed article is from 2018, a year before the pandemic.
0: I think the pandemic changed a lot of that too.
1: Yeah, I think because I had never been on dating apps and I refused to go on dating apps until we were like six months into the pandemic. I was like, I'm lonely. I'm
0: gonna find people. (laughs) Well, well, I also feel like people like for the pandemic when it first started, you know, for those first three months until summer, everybody's like, okay, we're just gonna hanker down and it's gonna be fine. And then we realized it was a lifestyle change. People like, Mm -hmm. okay, I don't want to stop dating, I don't want to stop. Meeting new people because we talked about it on the friends episode that the online platform isn't just for dating, but people meet friends there, connect with the worker Like it's all online, right? I wish but, we could meet more people in real life. I just don't think that's reality. So I think this quiz is BS. I'm just kidding.
1: No, it's not. Well, <laughs> I think it, I think it, I mean it's from 2018, but also like remember, so BuzzFeed was categorizing uh, millennials 1981 to 1996, mm. and so I think maybe the older millennials. Yeah, the older millennials quote I would call an older millennials at least 10 years. So from ninety or excuse me, from 81 to 91. Mm -hmm. Most uh, the people that I know from that were born during that time that are millennials, online dating was still was super trivial during their twenties.
0: And not as off. Yeah, it was like friend to friend.
1: Right. Or match.com or more of the farmers only. Yeah. I my cousins, I have cousins. I have cousins who met on Farmers Only. Really? No, no, what? no, no. Pl- plenty of fish.
0: Yeah. Farmers Only. I was thinking about those like, avocado farmers. So
1: I think, wh- like now, us younger millennials, plus the what is it, Gen Zs after us, mm-hmm. they're se- they get all the apps, and it's so much more convenient versus. It what is, but it's friends.
0: also like, again, we should do a whole episode on this because I have, like, you're just you're just swiping people. That's no way to really get to know somebody. Like, I need somebody that's funny. You can't really tell.
1: I'm thinking of a hinge. I've seen it on TikTok, TikTok, how the Hinge profiles, you can like do voice recordings. Oh yeah, that's
0: that's hilarious.
1: I'm like that. Yeah, that's a good way. I think Hinge is is stepping their game up. So myth busted, stereotype busted. No, myth true. Find their dates online instead of the real world. Oh, we agree with it. According to the stats in this quiz, 70% said in real life. So 70% of the millennials disagreed with this statement. We agree. So, so, and we matter. Okay. Next we have got number four. Millennials are focused more on personal lives than their career.
0: I think this is also a twofold question because we talked about it on our job episode, and I think millennials like are cre- career oriented, but if it's for a job that they're passionate about. But I also think that, but I think millennials at the same time recognize that there's more that work life balance. So I think they want their career focus, but also have a high affinity for work life balance or try to. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. I think this question was a little too simple to answer mm-hmm. with only two answer choices. I sat there and was like debated what I would answer because. I agree. I want a job that I love going to, and that I have a purpose for. And I know not every individual is like that, but I think we do see more of a trend of people wanting to do more with their work rather than just go in, get a paycheck and go home. But I also want to have a good life outside of work. And I I think it's really challenging to have a healthy life outside of work if you don't have a healthy life in work. Yes. 40 hours of your week. Let's be real. 60 hours of your week are surrounded around work. If you're not actually there, you're probably thinking about it. Um, And if you don't have a good relationship at work, then you're probably not going to have a, a good life outside of work. So the results for this showed that 60% of millennials responded. They are focused on a fulfilling life outside of work. 38% of millennials said they are focused on a successful career. I think, like
0: I said, it's too simple of a question to really dive into that. We go into a lot on our career episode, but... I think it's a twofold question.
1: Yeah. All right. Number five, millennials couldn't survive a day without their phone. I am shameful to say yes, but
0: here's why. So I mean. When um, wait,
1: wait, wait. And you say yes, you mean this is true? Yeah.
0: Okay. I think it's true. Okay. I hate saying it that way, but I do think, I was thinking about it the other day, I have an upcoming trip, which I'm sure we'll talk about on this podcast, but I was debating about plans to get and everything. And I was like, could I really go? without my phone and not even just like talking to people are doing this, but I'm like GPS taking pictures, all the th- like all the additional things on it. And I think if I gave myself like a day or two, I'd be like, oh, this is so nice. I would like chuck it in the river and it would be great. But I think it would take me a day or two to kind of like get over. I hate saying withdraw because that sounds dramatic, but like kind of the withdrawal of not having it.
1: People do. Like,
0: yeah. But I I, I want to say like, no, 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 I don't need it. It's so fun, But I do think it would take me a day or two and then I would feel good with good without it to get over it, to be honest. What do you mm. think? Oh no, I, I could easily go a day without my phone. You don't think you'd feel any like I'd like going a day without like having to like talk on it or use it or like text people. I do like that, but a day without like again, pictures or GPS, anything like that, mm. that would be hard for me.
1: Well, remember I used to do no social media in November. So I've I've gone mm. through every each year, I, I try to challenge myself to not use my phone in some type of way. So 69% of millennials said actually, yes, they could go a day without their phone. And 31% said, to be honest, no, I don't think I could survive a day without my phone.
0: I want to clarify my question. I could do it, but like I could eat, I could do it. But if I'm being honest with myself, like I would feel weird at first. Like it would even take me a few hours to kind of be like shake off the phone jitters. And then I feel like I'd be fine. But I don't think I could put it down right now, have no issues and walk away for the entire day.
1: Do you have your sound on? Like, I never have my sound on. I never for any have my sound on. I'm bad
0: about texting, though. So I'm I'm good to go no texting or phone calls. But like I said, my biggest thing to me, I think, are pictures and a GPS because I have zero sense of direction.
1: Well, I I don't either. But most of the t- I live in a small enough place. I know where I'm going. Also, I don't really go a lot of places. So <laughs> I think we might need to have a breakup story conversation with your you and your phone for a day or two.
0: Maybe I'll do it as an experiment and then let you guys know how it goes. Okay.
1: we'll we'll report back on social media. (laughs) We'll
0: report back. Okay, we'll report back when I go my day without my phone.
1: All right, that's a good transition though because number six, social media has turned millennials into a bunch of narcissists constantly seeking validation. I was like, damn, this is They came at us, they were
0: coming at us.
1: Yeah, what do you think?
0: I don't think it's made us narcissists and like wanting to seek the validation, but I do think it's made our standards for life quote unquote higher because the like the social media effect where everybody puts the best parts of their life on social media and the best pictures themselves for the most part and you see models in your face all the time. So I think it changes the way we look at our body image and where we should be in our life. Like when we talk about seeing everybody engaged or married, but I don't necessarily think it makes us in a narcissist wanting validation. I think if anything, it makes us a little self-conscious in where we are, like where we are and comparing ourselves to others. I think it increases that, but I don't think it necessarily increases us being narcissist
1: Yeah, I don't like the word narcissist in this statement. I think that's pretty aggressive. Um, I do agree that it has caused a kind of a spiral effect of people uh, seeking outside validation. Mm. And I mean, we've seen that correlation from the amount of people who struggle with mental health struggles and the increased use of social media. I'm not saying it's a correlation, just a causation. And there has been a lot of studies out there kind of having this discussion as to how they may or may not relate. I also think that people forget that they have the power to engage with what they want to engage with on social media. So if you're constantly looking at pages that are sh- like, I don't know, focused on something that you wish you were rather than surrounding yourself with people who are going to lift you up, it's going to be a very different environment into your phone. So you're going on trying to post to a bunch of people who you're looking for that validation and approval from versus posting to a crowd where you're actually using it as a community in a world where we, we kind of don't have that due to the pandemic right now.
0: Or you can just be like me and mine's pretty much only filled with memes.
1: Yeah. Shelby does have a (laughs) lot of interesting pages. She sends it to me and they'll be like, you don't follow this account. You can't view this. And I'm like, I'm not going to go follow this account.
0: I just want to go on social media and make me make me giggle. I go on for like a relief. I kind of don't really care what I see else on there. I just want a little laugh. That's nice. (laughs) (laughs) That's what my all my TikTok is. like. You send me all these like serious businessy TikToks and I'm like, I don't know. Mine talks about something
1: stupid. My, my TikToks are mostly puppies. That's what my feed is filled with.
0: But I got a lot of I got a lot of cat ones. So mine. I just use social media because I wanted to make me laugh so I can send my good. friends to make
1: them laugh. Yes. yes. <laughs> but so the results in this were 86 percent of millennials said that social media has not turned them into narcissists constantly seeking validation. I don't know if we can honestly answer that question truthfully Mm -hmm. without diving into your personality. Of course, no one is going to sit here and admit to being a narcissist, not a Uh, narcissist truth. And then we got 14% of millennials said that they agree that Mm. social media has caused this. All right. Number, oh gosh, number eight, millennials choose to live with their parents instead of finding a place of their own.
0: I think we saw more of that with the pandemic as well than before but I think out of a true choice I think most of the time for the most part true for any generation that kids grow up and they become they get that freedom and they want it as long as they can afford it and there it's like reasonable and it doesn't bankrupt them you know they want it I know I was ready for it and I love my family and I was ready to have my own life in a place of my own and feel that sense of pride from it Um, but I think the pandemic obviously people lost jobs people changed And it changed the way that a lot of, like a lot of millennials I've heard, like moved home. I moved home for a period of time with all that uncertainty and with job markets and everything. But I think given the choice, most would not.
1: I was someone who, not because I didn't have a place to live, but to find community. I did move back in with my family for a couple months during the pandemic for that community. So I agree. This is another question where it's probably if people were answering now versus in 2018. The mm-hmm. answers might be a little different, but this was the closest percentage out of all of the stereotypes they listed. So we got 51% said no, they do not choose to live with their parents instead of finding a place on their own. And 49% said yes. It's a lot more socially acceptable. Like people aren't like people used to shame you if you would move back in with your parents. Yeah. I have learned that it's more culturally acceptable in multiple, in different cultures too. Move in or be with your parents until you're married. All right. The next one, number nine, maybe millennials Mm -hmm. were raised in a world of participation trophies and expect rewards for every little thing.
0: I think this is again, a like, yes and no, I wasn't personally raised that way. I was raised to like work hard for what you want. And it's like good to participate, but we weren't rewarded necessarily for participating. But I did see people around me when I was growing up that were just given a pat on the back just for showing up. I wasn't raised that way, but I definitely saw people that
1: were raised that way. You didn't play sports growing up?
0: I did, but I didn't get, I mean, we didn't really have any participation trophies.
1: Every, we have like a garage full of just random trophies, trophies, because every kid in every league we played had their name mm. and a little trophy. And I remember If as I a got kid one, my like, parents
0: didn't tell me it was a participation trophy. <laughs>
1: everybody said, this is because you worked hard.
0: Yeah, something, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing to like say, you know, like you worked hard and that shouldn't be a quality that's redeemable, but I don't think we have, like, I don't see the need to reward everything. Right. You know what I mean? I don't think that's something that's necessary. That's things that gives unrealistic expectations when you get older because yes. the world and your job don't care if you worked hard. They're more like you worked like 18 hours in this. We don't really care. Sorry. Yeah. It's not we good. Did your,
1: you did your job. You're an adult. Good job. We don't need to be pat on the back for that. Nope millennials were raised in the in the world of participation in trophies ex- and expect rewards for every little thing. 76 percent of millennials responded with nope. 24 percent said yep. And once again, this is millennials responding for themselves. Um, and the stereotype is something someone else put on us. So we might ask our questions. Why do what are how are we behaving that that uh, another generation would think that the stereotype type is true?
0: That'd be interesting to find out what the generations above us think why they think this.
1: Right. So next one, millennials are lazy AF.
0: No, I don't think that's true.
1: I wish I could be sometimes.
0: Yeah. Again, I mean, I think just like any generation, you're going to see people around you that are lazy, that don't work hard, or that came from a, a place where they didn't feel like they had to work hard. I think that's, but that's true with any generation, anybody you're going to see. But overall, I don't think millennials are lazy, especially like you like we said in the job episode, like making up the majority of the workforce, right? I think if we were truly that lazy, the workforce would crumble. Like, work smarter, not harder. Yeah. I think we yeah. do that. And sometimes I think it can be per treat, perceived by other generations or other people as, quote unquote, lazy. But I think that millennials really strive to work smarter, not harder.
1: Ellis says that he might describe himself as lazy, but he is also a hard worker because he wants to figure out the most efficient way to get stuff done so he doesn't have to work hard forever. Yeah. And I so like work smart that.
0: Work smarter, not harder. Right. I think that's, that's, but it can be perceived as laziness.
1: Right. We're trying to um, so be efficient. This uh, 56% of min- millennials said, no, I do work hard. And 44% said, yeah, I'm pretty lazy. This was the next closest statistic, uh, statistical uh, responses. Yeah. And I, you I was surprised. Talk to all
0: those 44% and be like, why?
1: Well, 44%, I think like, that's the most honest we've probably gotten out of all of these responses. That yeah. People said, yeah, I'm pretty lazy. Um, all right. Last but not least. Millennials don't vote.
0: I do think millennials vote.
1: You do think millennials vote. Okay, I think so.
0: I think yeah, it's another one of those two vote questions that I think as a whole, and maybe it's just because the people, you know, I surround myself with, I think that mm. a lot like we're very passionate about social causes and the way to go through, you know, and help see changes to vote. That's like one way to do it and to make sure your voice is out there. I'm trying to think because I've also been around, you know, friends of mine who have taught them how to like register to vote for the first time. So I do think it's kind of a, a mixed bag, but I think as a whole, millennials are pretty passionate about the social causes they care about, and therefore lead to increased voting numbers.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the older I've gotten, the more I realize how important it is to vote. We've had some pretty intense elections these the last two elections. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all really intense. Uh, what I would be curious is to if the statistic could be broken down even further in um, how many of millennials are voting for their local polls versus Representatives. yeah local representatives thank you because i do not and i think that is actually where my voice could be heard more and to make mm-hmm. more of an impact um and not just voting in the presidential election but we had 75 percent of millennials said yet yeah, i don't okay so they, they said yes they don't vote or i think they're saying yes they do vote and 25 percent said no i think this is more of like this could have been a confusing response because of the their they the stereotype was millennials don't vote. And your answer choices were either yes or no. 75% selected, yes. <laughs> 75% or 25% selected, no. So it could be a little bit of confusing. We are saying we think they vote. I don't know if it's true or not. Honestly. I hope it is true. If you don't,
0: if you don't vote and you're listening, go vote. Go register, vote. You can go to your local library, hype up your local library, go vote. They'll send it for you. They'll mail it for you. All you have to do is pretty much write your name and your address on there. And you can register
1: to vote. Yeah, they make it really easy now to vote. Really easy. Go to your local library if you know where right. library is. So the next part of this that I had us uh, that I wanted to go over is how to overcome our stereotypes. So we talked about in this episode some of the things that we thought maybe weren't true, but also sitting here as a millennial, it's sometimes harder to say this. We want to, we won't go into defense. You know, you're like, no, that can't be true about us. But if it is true. Or if you're trying to figure out what to do to make this not true about yourself, we have, I pulled three points from an sagu.edu um, website where they are, they it's an article called Overcoming Millennial Stereotypes, and we will tag that in the show notes, but I can just run through all three real quick, Shelby. Yes. And we've got one of the first st- stereotypes they categorized us as entitled. And I think you can kind of see that through a theme here. Then the next one is lazy again. So another theme we we saw through the BuzzFeed article and self absorb If older generation was to describe millennials, they're going to describe us as entitled, lazy, and self-absorbed. Those are like really gut-wrenching descriptions mm-hmm. that we want to be described as that. So if you're a millennial and you want to be like, I know this is not me. I don't want to be described as this. Like, let's see if you incorporate some of these characteristics, character traits in order to break these stereotypes. Mm-hmm. So if you're working hard to not be entitled, try to focus on being teachable and listen more. So understand that you don't know everything. You have a lot to learn from those around you. Value the opinions and skills that you, your friends, family, coworkers might have that you could absorb.
0: Yeah, I think everybody, whether you agree or disagree with them, have something they can teach you. And don't forget to be humble about your own knowledge. None of us are above learning something new each day.
1: Right. Next is lazy and a way you can combat this laziness stereotype is to be sure you're a person who's taking initiative. Don't wait for someone to tell you what to do. Don't ask for someone to handhold you through a job. You really need to be able to look at what needs to get done and do it. And this sometimes the hardest thing is taking that first step. So it's just remind yourself you're not a lazy person. You don't have to be a lazy person. Just get up, get it done and take initiative.
0: I think sometimes that comes from being unsure. So be confident in your decision, mm. your abilities. I think it relates to when people talk about getting to start working out that, you know, they tell people, you know, the hardest part is putting on your is tying on your tennis shoes. So I think the same thing. The first the hardest part is taking that first step. But take it. Be sure of your decision. Be sure of yourself. Have that sense of confidence and just go for it.
1: Yes. All right. Last stereotype is self-absorbed. The best way the article said to not be self-absorbed is to, to be present. I think by being present, they want you to focus on those around you, the, mo- the actual moment you're in, rather than how can I post this to my social media and get everyone else engaged? How can I make this look better for me in the future? when you are only focused on yourself, it, you, you're you going to lose a lot of what's going on around you. So they, this article encourages us to focus on being more present in the current time.
0: I think that also goes back to like not being self-absorbed, to be curious about the people around you. Mm-hmm. Like social media and everything makes it really um, difficult to say, you know, what does everybody think about me? But ask, ask curious questions to your friends, to your family, get to know people on a deeper level. So just be curious about the other people around you. Yeah, I like it. So I think- We're really excited about this too. So to kind of round up today's episode before we do our word of the week, shout out to Buzzfeed. We did another quiz that we're going to link in our show notes that we took about which type of millennial you are, and we are going to go through our results. So I think we should preface. This is a very quick quiz. Recommend it. Take it, share it on, share it to us on on social media, and we'll share you on our story so we can see what type of millennial everybody is. It's really exciting.
1: Yes. Yeah, so apparently I am a champagne millennial, which is perfect because I love champagne. And it says, you have good taste. You're one of the cool millennials people look to for inspiration on what the kids are into these days. Huh. Word of you the week. May, <laughs> shout yeah, out word of the week. <laughs> You may not know what, what that is, and you just don't care. You're just out there doing your thing and everyone is jealous. I don't know if I'd categorize myself as a cool kid. Um, I s- clearly don't know the lingo, but I was like, this is kind of nice. Lice, like boosted me up champagne millennial. Mm, you got a little ego boost.
0: <laughs> mine. I think this is funny because the first thing I noticed is the picture that was under mine is like this, like man riding a motorcycle with this little dog. In it, and that's what mine is. But mine was categorized as a tough millennial. So it says <laughs> you're not one of those sensitive entitled millennials. Everyone is ma- always making fun of. You've seen some things you've been through some stuff. <laughs> but you knew how to handle it and no one can mess with you. So that's pretty accurate. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. I think my family would be proud to hear that. Yeah. (laughs) Seen some stuff. Seen some stuff, been through it. So mine's basically my millennials, a motorcycle. So if you know me, you know, I've always wanted a motorcycle, but my legs are too short and I'm too scared. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Word of the week, baby. Word of the week. All right. Are you ready for your word of the week this week? It has to, it kind of has to do with the idea of these stereotypes of millennials. So okay, are you ready. ready? It's um, more of a I'm phrase ready. of the week. Your phrase slash word of the week is a Disney adult.
1: Disney adult. That's because we all love to go to Disney as adults. Like we just want, we're not going to take our kids or our families. Like we want to go be an adult in Disney. Right. Yes, but it's more seen as, like, a negative connotation. Oh, shoot, dang. (laughs) Is it because we were raised on, like, these stereotypes of how Disney portrays relationships and society to be?
0: No. Like, here's this sentence. That Disney adult over there won't shut up about theme park trivia.
1: What's wrong with that? (laughs) JP, are you a Disney adult? Yes. It says,
0: "A a Disney adult, based off Urban Dictionary, Is a millennial adult with or without kids that can't stop talking about Disney, including the movies and parks, even if they do have kids, they're still way more obsessed with it than their kids would ever be. Probably engage in casual Disney bounding and visit the theme parks at least once a year. they are obsessed with everything Disney and probably have Mickey Mouse bumper sticker and or tattoo. One of the most terrifying, intense people you will ever encounter. Oh, no, no, no. That's like like a step above because we both grew up on Disney. I love Disney as much as the next person. I grew up on it, but it's not like that.
1: But like the ones who want to be in gay or get proposed to mm-hmm. and yes. have their weddings and Disney yes. Disney themed weddings. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a bit much. That's funny. a Disney adult. So that's you. your
0: word of the week. So that rounds up today's episode of millennial stereotypes. So like we said at the beginning of the episode, download this episode, listen, share it on Instagram, um, share your thoughts, what type of millennial you are, whether any of these stereotypes you agree or disagree with and share about your, re- your results from the BuzzFeed quiz. We'd love to hear who are similar to JP and who's similar to me. So we'll take a poll. Yes, thanks y'all. That's all we got. That's all we got. Thanks so much. Tune in next week and like always
1: see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Hey M&Ms, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, don't forget to follow or subscribe. If you are feeling super generous, you can even rate and leave a review. Remember, the more we hear from our listeners, the more we can customize our content to your liking. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, so make sure to check us out. A new episode is released every Monday, so set those reminders and we'll see you next week.